Welcome to episode 16 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. Ooh, and we are here experiencing Facebook Live again. Jonathan, are you excited? <laughs> yeah, sure, man. Yeah. I am. Well, we've already had a little technical difficulty, so um, for some reason our first feed got dropped, but we are back and we're on a new feed. And it looks like everybody that was with us the first round has, has come back to join us on this second round, so... We appreciate y'all putting up with it and finding it. So yeah, yeah. Woo! Tonight, Jonathan, what do we want to do? No, <laughs> no. that's like that's like the six million dollar question right there. <laughs> yeah. First of all, if if, if y'all have any trouble hearing us or anything, let us know in the comments down there uh, on the live because we want to hear from you tonight. We want to talk to you and we want to hear what y'all have to say because tonight's episode. Well, before we get into officially what tonight's episode is about, what we'd love for you to do is, if you don't mind, and you're listening to the podcast and enjoying it, uh, we would love if you would go um, share this post, okay, and let people know that you're listening, and uh, share it out there, let them know we're going live right now, and invite them to join in. Uh, You can use the hashtags uh, International Podcast Day. Because that's one of the reasons we're doing this today. We're celebrating International Podcast Day. I didn't even know it was a thing till about a week ago. So we are here and taking advantage of it. So if y'all do that for us, that would be awesome. Invite some people to join along. We're going to be answering some tough questions tonight, Jonathan, aren't we? Well, <laughs> yeah, um, that's what we're that's what we're looking at. Um, you know, a lot of times we have, all of us have questions about God, um, whether they, they're the simple, funny kind of things. Uh, we've covered one or two of those before, or more complex, uh, deeper questions, uh, just those, those kind of questions that um, are, are really hard to struggle through, honestly. And so what we'd like to do tonight is to kind of throw out some of those questions. And especially if you guys have some of those questions, we'd love to hear from you. That's kind of what we were wanting to do tonight. And uh, and just kind of see, especially as parents, how we can answer those kind of questions um, with our kids. So if our kids come to us with those kind of questions, how do we answer those? What do we, you know, what do we do? How do we answer those? Um, what are the best ways to... Uh, to talk through those kind of things. And the one thing that you can't, you know, kind of the, the, the default kind of thing that we want to say is, well, uh, you know, that, that whole God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Um, guys, that's just not really good enough. We need some, uh, we need some deeper, uh, deeper thoughts, some deeper uh, working through kind of things so that we can uh, just really work through those questions. Because, you know, here's the deal. When your kids go and ask questions at school, they get answers. They may be wrong answers. They may be right answers, but they get some answers. And, and those answers are, are usually presented in a, in a pretty believable fashion and all of those kind of things. So we need to be able to do that as well. And so um, 
that that whole idea there is called apologetics. And no, it's not apologizing for our beliefs. Uh, that that comes from uh, some old language that that kind of means giving a defense for. So that's what we're doing is is giving a defense for uh, our belief in God, and we're we're called to do that. We're instructed to do that, and uh, so that's kind of what we're what we're wanting to do this evening. Yeah. <laughs> On International Podcast Day. International Podcast Day. Yeah, so we definitely uh, get in the chat down there at the bottom of your screen or wherever it's at. I don't know, maybe on the right-hand side, wherever it is on your screen, and and uh, throw some comments out there and uh, let us know some questions you might have. It doesn't matter what kind of questions. Just throw it out there. We'll see if it's something we can we can at least attempt to answer. And if we can't, we'll you know we'll let it know. And some of these might be too big of a question for us to deal with tonight. Uh, we may save it for a future episode or something, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll make note of it or get back to you. So we're excited you joined, uh, and following along tonight. Uh, we'll be on here for a little while. I'm not sure how long, but we'll keep going for a little while, Jonathan. So yeah. I don't see any questions yet. I know y'all are a little bit, probably there's probably a little bit of delay from when we're talking, looking at the computer from where y'all are. So we'll do our best to keep up with you. And, um, let you know and answer these questions. So, we'll get started, Jonathan. Yeah, man. What do you want to start with? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> There's always good questions. How about um, let's see. <clears throat> you want to start with something easy? <laughs> sure. Why would a good God allow evil to exist? <laughs> I mean. Why not just start with the one that'll take less than 30 seconds? (laughs) All right. So the question was, why would a good God allow evil to exist? You know, and that, that, I mean, that makes sense in a way that if you you could stop to think about it, Um, God created everything. So it would kind of make sense that God created evil. Mm -hmm. So why would a good God create something so bad? I think that's... Is that kind of where we get to with that question? You think? Yeah. Why would God, if he if he's if he's really in charge and he doesn't want bad, he doesn't want evil, then why did he? Why is he? Why does it show up? Why did he create it in the first place? Why didn't he just do away with it? You know, yeah. or never never bring it around. It could just all be good. Yeah. You know? and, and I think the the thing that we have to get to first on that question is is evil actually something that's created? That's a good question. Because <laughs> we we a lot of times we'll say yes to that, but yeah, that's your natural, I think, tendency is to say natural yes, inclination because everything was created. But. Yeah, and we generally refer to evil as a kind of a noun, you know, and and we're taught early in school that nouns are things, mm-hmm. um, person, place, or thing. <laughs> but if you think about it this way, evil. Doing wrong, sin, could be as simple as eating an extra cookie when your mom says not to. Right? I don't know. We had to hit me in the heart just right there at the beginning, Jonathan. It's going to be a long episode if you're going to take a tax like that. Yeah. <laughs> but eating a cookie when your mom gives you permission, that's perfectly fine, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So here's the crux is evil is simply the 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 going away from the departure from what is good so if you have an all good god 
then anything that is that goes against him or against his nature, anything that um, does disobeys him, that is evil, that is wrong, that is sin. In fact, and I believe in you can even define the word sin as as kind of the one one way that it used to be used was in archery. It was like the distance away from the bullseye. Like however far away that was, that was kind of its measurement was mm-hmm. called its its sin. Um, so it's it's a it's a departure from perfection of God. So it's not a thing that was created. It is simply the creation, the good creation that He created, departing from what He intended, what His values are, what He has instructed us to do. So evil is not. A thing, it's not something that God came up with, but it's it, it's a departure from what was initially good. So that that kind of leads us into an, another question, though. <laughs> oh, here we go. So why would He allow us to do bad? Why would He allow us to do wrong things? Right, and you know, it gets into that point of of. You know, we we use the words free will, being able to to make decisions, to be able to recognize what is good and what is evil. I guess the ability to say yes or no. I mean, that's a a pretty powerful thing that he gave us the ability to do. Right. Um, and some would say, why did he why did he give us like you're just saying why did he give us that ability to 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 go against what he created and what he wanted to do is good. And that is a fair question because. Yeah. He is God. He is a loving God, and He's an all-knowing God. He He had to know that His people would turn away from Him at times and would sin and would go against Him. So, I just think you know, if if there's if there's the ability to choose good, then there then there's going to be the ability not to choose good. And if you don't choose good, you're choosing evil, right? You're choosing the opposite of good. Right. And anytime you have a choice, then you're going to have that open avenue to make the wrong decision. There's always, there's always a right and a wrong decision. Pretty much anything that 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 lays in front of us. So, it's really just that battle of, of which way do we go, and if God is going to allow good, and if but the same question is I always here. This too, if we're going to have good, Jonathan, if we're going to experience good, and we're going to know what good is, then we got to have something to compare it to, right? Mm-hmm. How do you know things are good if there's no evil or bad to compare it to? You can't. Yeah, I can. I, I, I can get your point on there. Um, I think going back to the the kind of that free will decision, and that's a man alive. That's that's a statement right there. That's like a topic right there that will uh, that will get people all stirred up. Um, and it, because it goes to do, do we have free will to make decisions or? Is God sovereign? Is God in control of everything? Is is there anything that is out of God's control? So do we have free will? Because those seem like they would be um, kind of mutually exclusive. You wouldn't be able to have one and and, and have the other at the same time. But I, I, I believe we can. I think I, my God is big enough that uh, his sovereignty, his ability to know, his ability to... Um, discern his ability to control um, and, and exercise his will is not 
um, it is not hindered by our being able to make choices. So when we are confronted with a, a choice to make, um, you know, we do have free will. I, I don't think anybody can argue with the fact that we have free will. Because, I mean, you get up every morning and dress like you do. Yes. Yes. And Some so, say I mean, it's wrong, time, <laughs> wrong, wrong ways to do it, but yeah. Yeah. How do you have that free will? So we do have free will, and obviously God is, I mean, God is sovereign. So those two things are not opposed to one another necessarily. They're not exclusive. Um, They go hand in hand. So, but why would he give us free will? Why would he give us that option to have a choice? I mean, who wants somebody to, to love you because they have to? I mean, that might be the wrong way to ask that question, but if if you are entering into a relationship with somebody and you and you have it can be a spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, it can be kids. I mean, it can be friends. You know, if you're if you're in a relationship with people, anybody, any level, and it's because you feel like they have no other choice but to be in that relationship, like where's where's the good in that? I mean, yeah. that just becomes robotic, and that's not. I don't believe at all that's what God wanted or he intended when he created us. He he created us for a relationship, for created us in his image and wanted to be with us and wanted us to love him the way that he loves us and if you don't have the ability to make that decision, if he just programmed us all that way, then then really what do you get? You're yeah. you're not you're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, you have to be able to choose to love. There there's no if if you're forcing someone to love you and then to follow you, whatever, that, that's you're taking. I mean, it's not a choice, you know. So it's not real. Um, C.S. Lewis, I look this. Um, C.S. Lewis in uh, Mere Christianity, I believe, says, "Why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having." A world of automata, of creatures that worked like machines, would hardly be worth creating. Of course, God knew what would happen if they used their freedom the wrong way, and apparently he thought it was worth the risk. Um, C.S. Lewis is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That guy's smart. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that, that choice there, I believe, is the kind of the kind of the, the, I don't know, the icing on the top there. I mean, he he gave us the choice so that we could choose to love, we could choose to accept, we could choose to reject. Um, and, and obviously we've chosen to reject. Uh, you know, most of our, um, most people uh, choose to reject, even us as, as Christians, until we became Christians, we were choosing to reject. And uh, how many times now do we... Um, how many times now do we do it and choose to reject him? You know, how many times a day <laughs> yeah. do we choose to do the wrong things? But, you know, and I think about a relationship with kids, because, I mean, that's the, when I think of God and his creation, I think of a parent and their child. But, you know, how many times 
do we, do we see our kids make the right decision? There were the wrong decisions, and it disappoints us, or maybe it upsets us, because we so desperately want them to make the right decisions. And how many times when they make the right decisions, are we just so proud and we're just mm-hmm. so excited? And I think you know that 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 goes with God when He gives us that opportunity to make those decisions. When He sees us make the right ones, He rejoices with us, and that's a great feeling to have as as a Creator. I'm sure that you rejoice with us, but when you are um, when you see your your children, your creation make wrong decisions, um, then there's like got to be some level of just just a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> just a bummer. <laughs> you recover and make it and rebound and and move on, but there for a moment, it's a bummer. Yeah, just a bummer. All right, it looks like we've gotten a a couple of questions. I see that too. Yeah. Since you know, since you just mentioned, um, you just mentioned children and stuff, weren't we? Benita asked, what are your thoughts on introducing God to young children? How do you do it so that they understand? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. That is a good question. I'll let you go first. <laughs> My <laughs> thought is, on the first half of that question, what are your thoughts on introducing God to young children? Uh, do it, you know. <laughs> start start building that, that, that foundation early um, of, of what it is. And, you know, and, and how do you do it so they understand you know, and how, how Benita, if you don't mind, how young are we talking here? I'm sure knowing Benita that it, her children are pretty young. Pretty young, so, okay. Yeah, they're all uh, pretty much preschool. I mean, okay, cool. And up to kindergarten, first grade. So, I, I mean, I would say this. Um, first and foremost, introduce it. Share the stories. I mean, there's so many good books you can read to the kids that, that will share the stories and and in all those things and introducing them to who God is. Um, yeah, she answered there for you, six, four and a baby. So, and you start introducing those things in, but, but here's really what you have to do. In my opinion, this is just my thought process here is they, they need your children. They need to see it in your, in it's an importance in your home at an early age. Um, not just we're getting up and going to church or we're going to read this bedtime story. They, they need to see the importance of a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They need to see um, parents and adults and, and whoever takes care of them just throughout the day, family, those types of things. They need to see people that have a relationship with God because relationships are very important to children. Um, they want nothing more most of the time than to be with mom or to be with dad. Um, relationships are so important to them. So they need to see that relationship that you have with God yourself. Um, they need to see that, that He is important to mom and dad or, or, or whoever they're around. They need to see it. Yep. And not just, like I said, reading a Bible story at night. Um, it's, sometimes it's just having those conversations throughout the day. It's, it's giving God the glory when, when, when things are going on in your life. It's, it's letting, your, letting your kids see you pray. And not just praying the bedtime prayer, but actually talking to God and joining in with Him on things. It's, to me, that, that's where it starts. Because, you know, there's so many things a kid gets told about, um, some different things in the world. But that, that relationship that an adult or a parent can show with God to the kid, mm-hmm. I think that impacts it greatly. Yeah. Now, of course, yeah. it's, it's important to have a church family. You know, if you can find you a church to be a part of, 
um, if you don't have one, that, that they can get in and, and be around other people that believe the same thing and other kids learning and experiencing the same things. I mean, all that's going to be good stuff to do. Yeah, helpful. But, but um, if you really want your children to start buying in and understanding, uh, it starts with you. It starts with you as a parent. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the and I think with with young kids, one of the easiest ways to start talking to them about um, about God is simply um, kind of the everyday thing. As you're going, you know, you probably spend a decent amount of time in a car. So as you're going along, you know, you see a tree. Hey, you know what? God created that tree. Uh, simple things. Who created the you know the stars, the moon, the skies? God did. God created those things, and God created you. Um, if we speak about creation, those kind of things that, that kids can see, um, kids can, can know, kids can touch, uh, kids are very concrete learners. They, they, they look at everything very concrete. Um, uh, they don't talk about abstract or they can't understand kind of abstract thoughts. So the more concrete type things you can do, like God created you, well, who is, you know, they, they, they're going to get interested in who created them. If you, if you're talking about who made things, that's a good way to do it. Um, just simple things like that, that, that starts kind of laying out that foundation of God created you, uh, God loves you and, uh, and God wants to, wants to, you know, be with you forever. Um, those are kind of some pillars that you can work with. Uh, there's also a, um, there's a good, obviously there's tons and tons of books. One that, that came to my mind first for that age group. And I'll see if I can put the, uh, link in here. Wow. That's a humongous link. Um, that's a link to, to the book that I'm going to tell you about. It's called the Jesus storybook Bible. And it's, it's kind of the, uh, it's not like the, the one that you always see in, doctor's offices like the 10 volume set you know the story. oh yeah like yeah. encyclopedias <clears throat> yeah it's uh better than that but uh it, each uh, every story as it goes through the bible and it has a lot of old testament new testament um everything they all kind of point to jesus as being the point uh as being the kind of the behind the scenes um hence the name the jesus storybook bible so it's a good little Bible, great for, I think, like, you know, three to five, three to eight, something like that, four to eight uh, kind of kid range. So kids in that kind of range, I think that would be a, a great um, Bible to get because it, it helps you just work through some stories um, with those, uh, you know, pointing back to to Jesus as the theme. Um so yeah, those kind of things just just make it make it an everyday part of life, right? And and I, and I also fully completely believe that children they don't they don't have the things in the way that adults do. You know, like if you're coming into your faith later on in life or, or trying to find Jesus for the first time later in life, there's a lot of things, a lot of baggage that's gotten between you and God. And, and kids don't have that, right. you know. And so I think there's an eagerness for them, you know, to learn and to experience. And yeah. um, they see things differently. And, and, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus loved children, that he was all about, and don't let anybody come between me and the children, you know. And so I think um, – they 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 want to know. So yeah. be encouraged by that. They're not oh, yeah. they're not there to reject it. They want to hear. And another yeah. just you know toss this out as encouragement. 
um, God has uniquely created the the bond and and the uh, trust and those kind of things between mom and dad and child that makes that um, it, it just gives you a lot of kind of cards in your hand um, that you will be able to impact your your children. Uh, impact their faith, talk to them about those things um, with more, kind of with more trust there than pretty much anybody else. So, so God has given you that as a parent. So, to use that, um, use that when you, you know, as you can. And um, God's going to bless that. So, um, take steps, jump into it, and uh, God will bless the efforts. There's a <clears throat> excuse me. There was a follow-up comment made to this topic, Jonathan. It says, "When we talk about God, they come back with so many questions that I have no clue on how to answer, so they understand for such young minds." Yeah, uh, Amen. First of all, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry about that. They 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 do come back with some some challenging questions yeah. at time, um, and that's okay. Um, you want you want kids asking questions. Yeah. You want kids seeking. All, all they're throw, doing is throw some of those questions in the comments real quick. Yeah. All they're doing is seeking out truth. They just want yeah. to know. And, yeah, they just want to know. And that's okay. And sometimes you're not going to be able to answer them, and you know that's okay too. And and that kind of rolls back to um, surrounding yourself with some different people that maybe you can rely on. Um, podcasts, you know, chat rooms, churches, um, some things like that, where you can go and, and and have some of that support because it is a challenge. Yeah. And some of these questions are super hard. Oh yeah, and never be afraid of saying. I don't know. Right. That is perfectly legitimate. Um, go ahead and say, you know what? I don't know, but I would really like to know the answer to that. And and tell them you'll follow up with that. And then go reach out to some folks and, and get some answers. And then go back to them and, and join. Or, and, and kind of join in with them on that conversation. And, uh, and that, that will even build trust. That hey, I asked mom, you know, that question she didn't know, or I asked dad that question, and then they they found out the answer for me, right. you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't don't be afraid of not knowing. That is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not knowing is always an option. Before the night's over, we might use that answer. We don't know. Um, okay. Do you feel Hello, like we, Becky Allen? Do you feel like we covered that one to some level? <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Yeah, we're we were doing our best, and hopefully, um, it's helping. So, I'm looking here, and we have another question, Jonathan. That's um, back from a little bit, and this one's a this one's going to be a big one, and I think it probably relates to the other question we just had because of, there was comment about school and stuff like that. But it says. If God is the one true God, then why are there so many different religions and gods? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we, we should Since you asked, I guess question. I have to answer. Um, I, mean, I have a thought. but uh, You have a thought? I do have some thoughts. But, well. but you can go ahead, because if yours are better than mine, then we'll be all right. No, if they're, they're probably not, not. Then they're not. I can say mine, then you'll sound, and I'll look like you'll a smart You'll sound smart. <laughs> Usually, you probably get to sound like the smart guy. So. Nope. Um, you know, I would I would kind of look at it from would just because we are created in the image of God, we I believe we know that there is a God. 
I just believe that it's created within us. Um, I think we have to, we kind of have to do some mental gymnastics a little bit to, um, to, to get us to the point where we say there's no God, because just looking at creation, looking at those kind of things. So with that, um, you know, people are scattered all across the world. And it's uh, just, you know, within the last, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years that mm-hmm. we've really been able to communicate around the world. Um, and in some places still far too primitive, which is crazy that we're sitting here on a podcast, you know, pushing this out to anybody on the planet that wanted to view this could watch this right. and hear it right now, you know? Um <laughs> So, but there's places in this world that are still completely isolated from the outside. So when you have that kind of situation, people from, people are, you know, bound, bound up, bound up in communities, those kind of things. They start looking for truth. They start looking for who is God? What is God? What is, what is this? How did this all come into being, you know, who made this place? You know, so with that, I think that it's just kind of a natural thing that happens that people in isolated pockets start creating religions. Um, so that, and it's, well, I want to come back to something maybe here in a minute, but go with your thought. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's my thoughts about it anyway, as far as how it's, how it happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, before I go into my thoughts, just to take a second to do a quick reminder Throw your questions in the comments. Uh, we're here to discuss. And even if you have a thought on another question, somebody else's question, throw that in the comments too, and, and we'll do our best to get to it. And, uh, and and share this share this video out on your page. Let people know we're doing this and to join in. Yeah. So to get back to the question, though, here, here's what I think is the level of what happens. Man is arrogant. Like when I say man, I mean people as a, as a whole. We're, Men probably more yeah, than women. Probably so. <laughs> But but we're an arrogant, ego-driven society. And I think they're – because if you just look into creation, if you look into this world uh, – I mean, the Bible teaches us if you just look at creation, you know there's there's a God, all right? If you just take some time. Nobody said anything to you. You look at creation. You look at how this place works. You'll know there's a God. You know there's mm-hmm. something behind it. Um, but in saying all that, I think man has spent a lot of time trying to achieve – that level that, that if they've seen what's here they've seen how great it is they see how beautiful it is and and people want to 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 mimic it people want to be god or people want to be worshiped like god is and so i think there's a level that that throughout history that people and you see it as a consistency in my mind that people is wanting to take that glory from God from that one true creator and bring it on themselves because they want to be praised like that. So I think in, in some instances, other religions or other views or other gods have been put into this world uh, and created by man um, because they don't want to give that authority over to somebody else. Yeah. You know, and, and God, the one true God of the Bible uh, that sent his son Jesus to die for us, um, he, he, it's his authority, you know, and, and to believe in that, we have to give up our own 
authority. We have right. to be servants like Jesus was. And so it's really easy to say, that's not the kind of God that I like. That's not the kind of God I want. I want the almighty throwing lightning bolts and wreaking havoc and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I want that kind of God on my side. So um, I'm going to go with that instead. Or we create an image of what we think Mm -hmm. God should be. Yeah, we create God in our image Mm -hmm. instead of being created in his. Yep. That was my thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like them. Um, And I think where that that I guess the culmination of all of that is can be something that's kind of beautiful though, is that, and I heard this, I think it was David Platt. Um, he said, if you take all of these religions and look at them, one of the, one of the kind of common threads about, you know, religions that are trying to get to God, they're, they're all doing things to try to get to God. And, and he, he said it was kind of like all these different people that are trying to climb up this, you know, same mountain. You know, it's like God is at the top of this mountain. Everybody else is down here below. So all these different religions are trying to climb up this mountain to get to God. And so if you kind of think about it like that, then it's like, well, okay, maybe all religions do, you know, somehow lead to God. And he said what was really beautiful was that, Instead of God or men, people trying to rise up and get to the level of God, Christianity is God came down off the mountain. You know, God came down off the mountain in the, in the form of Jesus, and he came down. And, and the, there in, uh, I believe it's in John, where it said um, that, that Jesus was made flesh and he dwelt among us, that, that little... Uh, one of those phrases there actually means pitched. It's like the phrase pitched a tent. It's like Jesus just came down, put up a tent and hung out with us, you know? And, and that to me, that's a beautiful um, kind of a beautiful kind of thing and, and a way to explain, you know, to, to other people, to kids, whatever that, yeah, all of these religions, they, they don't get to God because that mountain that they're trying to climb, it's impossible. You, you can't be good enough. You can't do good enough. You can't reach high enough. You can never, you know, make yourself better enough to get to God. So God came off the mountain, and he came to us. And that's why Christianity is the one true religion. It's the one religion where we don't have to be better before we get to God. You know, he, uh, he knows our weaknesses, he knows our issues, he knows our problems, and he took all of that and and covered it, you know, uh, when he sent Jesus. So, and so that yes, that is is because I think where that question might have been leading was, how can we say that that Christianity is the only way? That's how we can. It's mm-hmm. because it's the only one where God came to us. Right. Yeah, and that's. That's a great way to put it. I mean, I could I could keep running with that, you know. And Jesus comments, you know, his words of "I am the tr- way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." If if we believe in Jesus and we we believe who he is, that he was the Son of God and he came and he died on that cross for us, and he then he tells us he is the only way. 
that doesn't mean he's going to open up ways for other. Because if there was all these other ways to get to heaven or all these other ways to be a part of it, then Jesus coming and dying on the cross was pointless. Right. If there was another way to get there, then there was no need for him to come and face that death on the cross. And he did it willingly um, because he loved his people so much that he desired us to see salvation. Because, like you said, we can't work our way up to God's level. Yeah. He had to come down to us. So it's good stuff. Had a few more people join. See Michelle on there and Layton. We need some more questions, y'all. Come on. Bring it. We're on a roll. Stump Jonathan. Dustin can answer them. <laughs> Shoot the easy ones my way and the tough ones Jonathan's way. No. I'm going to start looking through here, Jonathan, but I'm going to hope that somebody throws out a question before I find one. I've got one. Oh, you got one? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to ask you. Are you going to ask me, like personal? <laughs> this is a personal question, John? I didn't know this was going to be a personal question. <laughs> Bring it on. Y'all help me out out there if y'all know the answers. All right. How can a loving God send people to hell? Oh, send people to hell. Okay. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Oh, somebody said what kind of questions uh, Michelle did. Any question that you have about God that, that may be difficult or when you're having a conversation with your kids, the kind of questions they may, they may ask, the topic is open. Uh, it's, it's, it's free free will, your choice, <laughs> just like we talked Tossed about earlier. that free will. Just like we talked about earlier. If you have a question, we'll see if we can, uh, if we can get into it. So the question, what was the question again, Jonathan? You see me stall? How can, <laughs> how can a loving God send people to hell? Right. Um, first of all, I don't think, think God sends anybody to hell. Okay. I don't think he sets up upon his throne in heaven and says, you know what? Um, you get to go to hell today. I'm, I choose you, 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 you. I don't like y'all anymore. I, I, I have a problem with you. I'm sending you to hell. I don't think that's what God does at all. In fact, if you read his word, if you go through his scriptures and his Bible, his soul, his whole desire is for people not to go to hell. His his desire is for people to come join him um, in heaven and have that relationship with him. But like we talked about earlier, for every time there is a choice to be made for good, there's a choice to be made that can leave lead to evil or the wrong things. And so God, because of his desire for relationship and because of his desire to say yes and to experience that love that only a free will decision decision can provide, if he's going to open up eternity with him, if somebody decides they don't want to be with him, then there there has to be the opposite. There has to be somewhere for them to go. Yeah, and 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 this is a painful one to talk about sometimes because. We for sure don't want to see anybody go to hell. I mean, I, I don't think anybody in 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 person. And man, I'm gonna get off on a tangent right here, y'all. I don't know if there's anything worse that you can say to somebody than go to hell. Yeah. I mean, I'm just just gonna be straight up on us. I don't know if there's anything worse you can say to somebody. To say to somebody, you're gonna send them. You want to see them go to eternal separation with God. And so, see, when it comes to heaven and hell, to me, it's uh, it's your decision. Do you want eternity with God or do you want eternity without God? If you don't want a relationship with God during this lifetime, then why would you want 
a relationship with God through the next eternity. Um, and so because he gave us the choice to be with him, there, there has to be the, the consequence. There has to be the result of not choosing to be with him. And that place happens to be hell. And it's not just because he loves sending people to, to fire and pitchforks and little red devil with his pitchfork tail and all that stuff. Yeah. He, it's, it's, it's eternal separation from him. Yeah. And that's the true, I mean, that's the true hell of it, honestly. Right. Um, and that's even when you look at Jesus on the cross, you know, he, he did not want to go through that. And I think, I think small portion, I don't think all of that, I think a lot of it, honestly, was what he was going to suffer at his father's hand. And that he knew that he was going to be separated from God, um, and and that he was going to receive our punishment. Um, and, and it's the only time in eternity, and it will be the only time in eternity that any part of the the Trinity, the Godhead, the God the Father, God the um, Son, and God the Holy Spirit, where any of those were separated from the other, it was the only time it was after it was at the cross, you know, when Jesus died. Um, so if you think about it in this sense, we we have a physical being and we have a spiritual being. Obviously, if, physically, we die. You know, that's physical death. Spiritual death is separation from life also. And if you look at God as life, he is the one who gives life. He's the only one who can give life. Um, it, it's it's kind of presence with him is what gives life. So absence from him is spiritual death. And, and I think that will, in the end, I think that will be the most horrific part of hell. Whatever that looks like, whatever that is, I, I think just a separation from any good whatsoever um, is what will what will make that the worst the worst part of hell. Yeah, and as bad as this world is, at some places, some places it's really, really bad, okay? Some places it's just kind of bad. Some places in this world it's really, really bad. But nowhere on this earth is there true, complete, 100% separation from the one true living God. If you believe in him or not, I believe he exists, and there is no place on this earth that experiences 100% separation from him. In hell, that's what it is. Yeah, it's and and so none of us know what that is is truly like, and that's the horrific part, like you said, of of hell is is being in a place where God's presence is not. Ugh, yeah, it's scary. And if you want to, um, you know, the Bible kind of kind of says the same thing when we're looking at uh, John John chapter three where John 3.16 is located, oddly enough. Kooky. <laughs> um, That's some deep Bible knowledge for you people. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually going to read, because so many times we can, like all of us can quote John 3.16. You know, it's like if you've been to church, you know, most of your life, whatever, you've probably, you know, memorized this at some point. Uh, for God, and this is... It's a different version than what I'm normally, but it's the one that pulled up. Uh, it says, For God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son, 
So whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. If you keep reading that, it says, For God did not send his Son into the world that he might condemn the world. Even though that's what, you know, we kind of think of. It's like Jesus came to, you know, to tell everybody he, they're wrong, these, this is right, so everybody that doesn't believe him is condemned. So he didn't send him into the world that he might condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned. We were all condemned because of sin. Because of our sin, we were condemned. Um, but anyone who does, who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. And then verse 19 says, This then is the judgment. If we want to know why sin exists in the world and why we, you know, people are ultimately sent to a place called hell, this is the answer. It says, This then is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. So it's our decision. Like, like you said, God has sent the answer. God has sent yep. the remedy. He has sent the, you know, what would heal us from sin. Whether or not you want to take the medicine is up to you. And that's really the way, you know, if, if I was about to die of a terrible disease and a doctor sets some medicine on the table and it's like, you take that medicine, you're going to live. It, it's the same thing has kind of happened. Right. Jesus was the medicine. Jesus, and, you know, I know we get into that argument, well, you know, he makes me live a certain way and all those kind of things. You know what? If, if, if I've got to make a choice as to whether to take that medicine or not, that, that's the choice. All the other things are, are kind of secondary to that. So either accepting or rejecting Christ, that's the choice. And, and, uh, and obviously, um, many of us and, and, and so many, they, they make the decision to follow themselves because we love ourselves. We want to put ourselves as, the, as our own gods, uh, and we love darkness rather than light. Right. For sure, and... You know, I, I don't remember if somebody put some medicine in front of me and said, um, "Take this and you'll live." Uh, I don't, I don't remember too many times stopping and asking, "Can you tell me what's in it? How it was made? Where it's from?" It's no, it's like, "Give me the medicine right now. I need the medicine. We'll figure out the rest later." And sometimes, uh, when it comes to faith and your belief in God and having to say yes to Him, sometimes you just gotta. It is a faith step, and you got to just set aside some of the stuff that you think you need answers to. Those answers, they, they may or may not come in time sometimes, but you need to be ready to um, say yes to Him. That's the most important thing. We had some uh, a question about some Scripture. I was starting to look it up. Jonathan, I don't know if you saw that. Um, but I think, I think we kind of, just to recap that last question, I don't believe God sends people to hell we kind of make that, that hell, our own decision hell is the place we go when we choose not to be with God because yeah. it's separation from him alright uh, a quick question before we go into this next one uh, Benita said very important question have you guys made that new t-shirt chilling with my walkman yet <laughs> <laughs> great question no we have not I, sh- I would be wearing it if we did oh oh, t-shirt plug look i got my land of plain t-shirt on you can get one too at our t public score store just go to tpublic.com and search land the plane podcast okay got our commercial in 
<laughs> Pretty you soon, gotta, though. Got to pay the bills somehow. Yeah, that, that's a little way that if you want to help support the show. But in saying that, um, no, Bonita, Jerry, who um, is said he would help me design that, we have not had the time to sit down and design that yet. But it's coming. I'm not going to give give up on it. Uh, I'm going to get Johnson one, too, because he really loves his Walkman. All right. Michelle asked here, uh, Jonathan, if you if you got your scripture out. She says, John 15, 9 through 12, what does it mean to remain? What does that look like to you, to remain in him? I need to read it real quick. I'm going to read it out loud. All right, so everybody can hear. As the Father... Okay, yeah, I'm in the right spot. John 15, start with verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I'm wondering if I read the right verses. (laughs) Those are good verses, and maybe our versions are a little... Some different words. It's probably the word abide instead of remain. Yeah. It's probably what you're looking at. Yeah. Abide in his love and remain in his love. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Michelle, tell us if we're if we're wrong in that. So Jonathan, what is the, what does that look like to remain or abide in his love? <laughs> it's fun when was, you when you read the question. Yeah, I was getting it pulled up here real quick. Um I, th- I think that that whole abiding in me um, or remaining in me is, well, let's look at the whole thing in context, um, where it says, I am the true vine, my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. Um, if we look at a, you know, let's just look at a, at a, at a uh, grapevine or, or any fruiting tree, those kind of things, um, where is the, where is all the nourishment and all of those kind of things? Where does that come from? It comes from the vine, mm-hmm. right? It comes from the main branch. It comes from the, from the, the root system, all those kind of things. So we are considered branches. So if you're looking at a, at a fruit tree or at, and in this case, grape, you know, grapevines, what would happen if you went out to the end where the, the fruit is, and before it made fruit, before it set fruit, those kind of things, what if you just cut one of the branches? What is that branch going to do? It's going to wither. It's going to wither up and die, right? I was just trying to think there for a second. I'm like, is this a trick question? Yeah. I want to make sure you're pulling one over. <laughs> no, over here. not a trick question. <laughs> so it, uh, it, it, the branch has no kind of means of getting nourishment without the vine. That's that's where its nourishment comes from. Um, so as long as that branch is connected to the vine, as long as that branch um, is is being nourished by the vine, then it can it can produce fruit. That's what the branch is for. Um, and I think we, in some ways, I think we make it a little bit more complicated maybe than it really is. Um, but that abiding is just, to me, it's, it's staying in step. It's staying in step with Jesus. It's, it's allowing him to kind of 
infiltrate every area of our life. You know, we as Amer, I think American Christianity is very much compartmentalized in a lot of our lives. We like to take, you know, well, I'm I'm this person, you know, I, I do this kind of work, or maybe you know, I'm a dad, so this is kind of that part of my life. I like these kind of hobbies, so that's my this part of my life. And oh yeah, I'm a Christian. So that's this part of my life. Um, we, we compartmentalize everything. And I think what Jesus wants us to do is, is to bring him into all of those. You know, I, I am a father, and the way that I kind of approach that, the things that I do, are a result of what Christ has done, or is, is, is a result of what Christ is doing in my heart. Um, I want to be a good worker because that's what my my Christian beliefs tell me to do. I want to be a good husband because that's the example that I see, uh, you know, in 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 my relationship with Christ. Um, so I I think bringing him into all of those things instead of just compartmentalizing Christianity um, is kind of what he wants us to do, and I and that's where I kind of go with with that remaining and abiding. Um, it is perseverance. It is keeping on going. But I think it's also kind of that allowing him and allowing um, our, our Christian beliefs to, to kind of flow through all of our areas of life, not just what we do on Sunday morning for a few hours. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I, and I continue to think, I was thinking about this as you were, you were sharing that Jonathan is, you know, the more I, I catch myself um, being away from church or or not surrounding myself with the people that believe the kind of things that I believe or, or doing the same things that I do or, or, you know, in that relationship with God, the more I find myself, I, I've removed myself from godly situations and put myself into difficult spots, the harder it is to continue to do His what he calls me to do. And when I say something about keeping the commandments, um, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. And, and when we say, when we say no to the things that we're supposed to say no to, and we say yes to the things we're supposed to say yes to, then that, um, our relationship with Christ stays deeper. I don't know if that's the right word. I've always described sin as like a bubble. The more sin in your life, the bigger that bubble gets and the more it pushes God um, not not your salvation, but your your closeness to him. It can kind of push him away because it's building this this gap between you and him. And so, the more you allow yourself to 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 go out and uh, to do and make bad decisions, and the, the the more you allow yourself to to not pray or to say no to your daily time with God, or or to say no to church, or I'm too tired to go this week. I always find myself the more I do that the more that I feel like I'm pushing myself, like I'm not abiding in Him, I'm not remaining in Him because I've allowed so much other stuff to come in between. Mm-hmm. And i got to stop and repent and allow that to come back. And But the, the more I say yes to Him and the more I'm doing the things I'm supposed to do, you just feel like God's there. You just you feel His presence more because you're not allowing things to get between the two of you, your own sin getting between the two of you. 
I don't I don't I don't know if that that flowed well, but that's that's what I think about remaining in him, especially when it comes to obeying the commandments and stuff. Yeah. About that relationship. Yeah, I agree. About that relationship. Just like a marriage. If you don't work on a marriage, if you don't continue to invest in each other and and help each other and love on each other, it suffers. Yeah. It suffers. Yeah, I mean, what what kind of marriage is it going to be? Um if if you're not remaining there, if you're not abiding with one another, if you're not um, continuing that uh, that relationship, if you're not diving into that relationship, then then it's gonna suffer. You're not abiding, so that he can't. Uh, uh, you know, in in our marriages, we're not going to be able to to fulfill that marriage as we should. And I promise you, God invested a whole lot in His relationship with you. Yeah, uh, He created you. He created a place for you. And he loves you, and He sent His Son to die for you on the cross. He's just asking for a little bit back. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a He never said Come match on, me. Man. He never said match me. He's just like, just give me, give me a little something. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh shoot. Okay. What else we got? We got going on here in the in the chat. Jonathan, anything jump out to you? Let's see. Oh, here's a comment. It says, you guys are awesome. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm going to assume that was mainly pointed towards me. No, I'm just <laughs> it's his two dudes. Oh, oh, yeah. oh okay. That's a shout out for my T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> don't even, don't, I don't even know how to respond. I mean, yeah. I, I, I showed my T-shirt. And I didn't get a shout out. <laughs> The T-shirt we haven't made yet. Got a shout out. <laughs> oh, oh, thanks um, for that encouragement and trying to answer some of these questions. Uh, we still got a little bit more time. I think if y'all want to throw out one or two more, uh, we love. I think we should totally answer Jim Larkin's question. I don't. I, I can't see. You don't. Jim's. You didn't see that one. No. What's his question? Jim said, "So make a joyful noise." You know where it refers to that. Mm-hmm. It says, does that mean that we should use crappy speakers? <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> just some behind the scenes there. Yeah, I used to. Uh, uh, Jim Larkin was a a middle school teacher when I was in high school, and oh, okay. him and uh, myself and a guy named Dustin. Um, we not this one. No, <laughs> not it's pretty me. funny. <laughs> um, we we put together a, a little company called Larkin Sound Development. Hmm. And uh, won't go into that, but uh, <laughs> he, uh, we, we started DJing and stuff. So we would do all kinds of, you know, with DJ dances and all those kind of things. And dude, what was your DJ name? I didn't have one. Oh, you did too. <laughs> I, I tried to not be on the microphone. As, I mean, uh, DJ JB hated it. <laughs> um, I'll come up with something. So, so anyway, we, yeah, we've done a lot of sound sound work together and all that kind of thing. So, so Jim, no, that does not mean you need to use crappy speakers. Although most of the time we ended up using pretty crappy speakers. <laughs> <laughs> we even had one dance where we, we blew both speakers, but kind of in different ways. Like in one of them, the sub blew and in another one, like the, the, the tweet blew, the horn blew. So we just shoved those suckers together. Then you couldn't really tell which one was blown. <laughs> Were you, were you cranking it too loud, Jonathan? Could be a possibility. DJ J to the B. Hey, but it was it was happening. 
I, I just wish I could have witnessed that. I went to a school dance in sweatpants once. <laughs> Do you think that was okay? I don't know why I felt the need just to share that. Just being a little vulnerable right now. Just the the fact that you brought it up. Yeah, I mean, it's, you start talking about high school dances, and you know, maybe I had an awkward face. But maybe I sure enough showed up. It was in the it was the years for sweatpants, so you know when they matched. Yeah. You know, you get away with it. Sure, man. Whatever you say. <clears throat> All right, I don't have seen another question pop up. Jonathan, have you seen one? And I must have had your your name in my head or something, but it, it wasn't Dustin. It was Dwight. Sorry about that, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Dwight Hudson. So it's like Dusty. I mean, if you put you know. if you put it together, yeah, sure, maybe so, maybe so. Oh, we just got something. Best way to explain the Trinity to your kiddos. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I I've got you and me to start. Yeah, I mean, you, okay, you responded like you just own it. So okay, go for it. One, there really isn't. <laughs> there, there's really not a, a way that will do it justice. But here goes. Here's a couple. If you take either one of these and go too far with it, it just falls apart. Because you you can't have an object lesson for something that is kind of beyond our understanding, right? Um, but one that that I've heard quite a few times is in a hey, look at there, Holly popping in. She's trying to steal it from you. Yep, she's trying to steal it. <laughs> an egg. Um, there's different parts to an egg. There's the yolk, then there's the white stuff, and then there's the shell. Um, but it's all one. It's all one thing, and, and it's actually. You know, I, I learned this through my kids' science. I'd never really thought about this. But an egg is a single cell. Right. You ever thought about that? Yeah, I, I, my kids explained that to me the other day, too. Yeah. I mean, we usually think of cells as being little bitty, 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 whatever. Little tiny things. But, a, a, you know, a chicken egg or rooster, whatever, any kind of egg, it's a single cell. I ate four cells this morning at breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. So, so it's all one thing, but there's different parts of that one thing. Um, where that kind of falls apart is, is you know, eggs can't talk, so eggs don't have much of a, a will or whatever. Um, so that you know, but it's okay. Uh, another one that I actually like to to use: um, Am I a father? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Am I a son? Yes, you are. Am I a brother? Yes. Am I an uncle? Yes. Am I a husband? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I just, I'm, I feel like I really know you. Yeah. I'm all of those things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am all of those things. So how can I be all of those things at the same time? You just are. Yeah. So it's, it's different roles. Um, Jesus, you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they each carry out specific roles. Um, so they are one, but yet they are three. It's three different roles, um, but they are together. They are in, in, in perfect unity, perfect community. Um, so, that you know, that's the two kind of that I, that I normally will use. But like I said, that they will fall apart. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, anything 
and I'll just say this, anytime you're trying to compare anything to God, you're going to have the ability, it's going to fall apart at some point, because God is so much bigger than it all, and sometimes uh, a thing like a trinity, you know, the trinity is is three in one, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, I mean, we can we can, we can can teach it, and we can explain it, um, but sometimes we get to the, and this can go, this just can get to so many levels, is, is, is at some point we keep saying, why did God do it this way, or why is God this way? And, and and at some points, we just got to stop and say, you know what? I'm not God, so I don't understand why he did some things the way he did or why he set things up the way he did. And so sometimes we just have to accept the fact that um, we're not going to have a firm grasp on everything that he teaches uh, and everything that he's done because we aren't him, mm-hmm. and we aren't to his level, and nor will we ever be. And there might be a day in heaven where... We get up there, and he's like, he's got a PowerPoint presentation that he's going to show us, and we're going to get it better. Um, but sometimes it's just that's just the way it is. We just try to explain it the best we can, but we never fully grasp the whys because we are not him, even though so many people try to be. We are we're, we're coming up on an hour, Jonathan. Um, so we probably need to start wrapping this thing up. But the, the question just came in. I don't know if you saw this one. And I think it's a really important question. So I don't want to to, to miss this question. So, okay. so I don't know if we want to say this is the last one or not. Um, and it says, here's a hard question. If you have a spouse, um, significant other, family member, who has a different belief than yours, for example, they might uh, be a different religion, they might be a non-believer, they might be agnostic. What can you do for them to help them believe? That's a tough question because um, I think there's some very easy, practical things you can do, but what makes it hard is you love that person so much you desire for them to believe the truth, you know? And and that's that's a bad rap that Christianity has gotten. Quit forcing your religion on me. Why do you have to tell me about it? Just let me do my own thing. Because we care about you enough that we don't want you to go to hell, okay? Yeah. I'm sorry that we care. Now, do some people do it wrong? Yes, yeah. of course they do. But the truth is, is we care enough about the people. We love you enough that we're willing to take some heat for making sure people hear this truth because we don't want you to have that eternal separation from God. Yeah. Okay. We don't as as Christian believers, we should not want that for anybody. So we should have a desire to tell and especially those people we care about most, when you know that truth, you don't want to see them have that separation. You yeah. want them to have that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Because so. if we you know, if you don't believe it enough to if you believe this, then you believe what you're doing in inviting them in is the absolute best thing that you could do for them. Yes. I mean, if I don't want anybody else to um, to get like go to heaven or whatever, then what? I don't even understand the whole concept of of why Jesus came. You know, um, I think practically. Um, First, foremost, absolute pray, 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 pray. We Michelle made that those first things she said to you was pray. Yeah, pray, yeah. Um, a- absolutely. And uh, 
and and overall, you know, pray, love them, don't force it, love them, pray. Um, and then also in first and cha- uh, first Peter chapter three, um, uh, honestly, the the first part of that actually deals with this. Um, so that would be a good a good place just to read first first Peter chapter three. Um, it talks to wives and and husbands. There's a there's honestly more to the wives, um, probably because God knew there was going to be more ungodly, you know, idiot guys out there than women. Mm-hmm. Um, but it 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 mentions honestly mostly um, still still look at them as your husband. Um, bringing up that whole bad s word, but submit. Um, and we probably have to need to have a whole podcast talking about that word. Um, but get showing them love and respect and, and, and not just saying, well, I don't have to do that because, you know, uh, my beliefs or what, you know, God or whatever, you know, obviously if it's a sinful thing, but still treating them with respect, loving them, um, Doing, doing as much as you can uh, to show them God's love. That that's that's the way. And First Peter kind of goes into that. So First Peter chapter three, and then love them, love them like crazy, and pray for them like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and I, and I would add to that of be strong in your convictions and your foundation. Yeah. Um, who, whoever it is that you're surrounded with, and it, this can be from a significant other to a, a child to um, anybody else. Okay, uh, it can be around a coworker, a friend. If you don't stand strong in your convictions, if they see a weakness, then they could potentially pounce on it. Yes. You know, and 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 it brings you down. And so, um, even though, and and don't think you have to be the person that changes them okay let's also remember that jesus is the one who saves jesus is the one who makes heart changes um not you all Uh you can do is live out your faith and share the truth and love them in a way that they know that all you all you're doing is caring about them you're not wanting to see um the vault and and there's no guarantees in life that that person will ever change yeah Uh, there is no guarantee but, Michelle Michelle makes a good point there. She said you got, you got to love them where they're at, um, and aren't we so thankful that that's what God does? Yeah. He doesn't, um, and I think it's uh, Matt Chandler says this quite often. He says God doesn't love a future version of you. He loves you, right? So he doesn't love a better version. He doesn't love a a more cleaned up version more than what he loves you right now. Right. So love them where they're at. And then, you know, offer that hope, pray like crazy. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it's it's important. And it's, it's, you know, I have seen, I've seen God do things that I never expected that he would do. And I've seen God change people and love people and, and, and mold them into something new that I didn't think he, he would or could even be done. Yeah. Shame on me for doubting God, you know. The Creator, and that's the thing. Never assume, um, and and I've been I've been very guilty of this, uh, and I hate to even admit it, but never assume that God cannot change a heart. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, 
Um, and, and, I, and I always think of the worst of the worst on, on death row in a prison that killed many people. Um, that person can experience salvation. God can change that heart. God, they may be in prison the rest of their life and still be have to serve their time, um, but God can change a heart. Never believe that the person in front of you cannot believe in God, cannot have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Believe that they can yeah. and pray for them and love on them and do life with them. Do life with them. Stand firm in your foundations. And they, if they, and they love you that way, they'll respect you. And prayerfully, the truth will start to set in. Yeah. Man, I don't, I don't want to stop, Jonathan. I'm having a, <laughs> a good time here. Um, so, ah. You know, this is one of those things, these types of topics, is, is we could we could go on forever and forever. And um, I see some comments coming up. Uh, uh, keep those keep those going. Uh, Jennifer, to share, God has shown me the patience and perseverance is so important when praying for the lost. I have a family member I've been praying for for 10 years now. Oh, and what a great day of rejoice that will be, you know, if that person yeah. makes that decision for Absolutely. us. So... Because even though I don't want to, we're gonna to have to wrap this thing up. <laughs> so before we do, here's here's what I want to say. I want to I want to do a little cry for help. Um, hopefully, you if you're listening to this and you've you've been a, a fan of the podcast, you've been a part of the Land of Plain family. Hopefully, you're enjoying it and and you're um, experiencing something new from it and you're learning from it and hopefully your relationship with Christ is growing. And if you don't know God and you listen to this show, hopefully it's getting you thinking about it, you know, at the least, uh, getting you thinking about different things. And so we thank you for that. But we, we desire for this show to grow because we want we want people to hear about it. And uh, we, we need your help doing that. Uh, we can get on all the Facebook we want and, and, and share things and do things, but really word of mouth and, and y'all out there really is a huge part of that. Uh, yeah. If you're getting something out of this podcast, Please tell people about it. Sometimes I have to set the set down beside them on their phone and show them what a podcast is and how to do it, and that's okay. And if you listen at the website, like you just go to that link every day and just listen straight from the website, that's great. Uh, we appreciate it, but we'd love it if you found a podcast app of some sort, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. There's a million different ones out there, and actually subscribe to the show. That way, every every time a new one comes out, it just pops up right there in your feed. And you can be a part of that. Or at least it should. It should. Yeah, it should. <laughs> so y'all could really help us with that. Um, share it and help us get that out there and um, and just help spread the word. Some of y'all, y'all have been awesome doing that, and we're so yeah, thankful. Absolutely. Just saw Josh. Uh, we actually have two Joshes watching at the same time. A double Josh? There's a, a Josh Ball and a Josh Zuber. Look at that. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> So how do we want to – are things to land the plane, Jonathan? How are we going to land the plane today? We hadn't even discussed this. Nope. Like it was even an option. Man, I think I think just saying we all have questions. We, we all have questions. Um, and, and that's okay because if we ever – I don't want to serve a God that I can understand. Completely no. I can, that I can figure out. Thank you for saying that. Because that, that just yeah. means he's no bigger than I am. If you know? if this thing right here, my brain can understand God and figure him out, 
Oh, we wouldn't have made it this far, Jonathan. We wouldn't have made it this far. Yeah. But he is, um, now that's not to say that he is not, that, that we can't approach and understand his many of his ways. Um, you know, it's not kind of a cop-out or anything, but he is above us. He is above our understanding. Um, he is above our, you know, even in church today, our pastor mentioned, um, that, that was the guy that said I had a nice shirt on. Yeah. Um, he, he mentioned, you know, where it says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My plans aren't your plans. We can't fully understand who God is and, and what he's up to. And that's, um, that's the God that I want to serve. So having questions is an okay thing. Uh, and I don't know why church has become a place where we're afraid to ask questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Todd Agnew, if you've ever listened to his, his stuff, um, he's the, the guy that had the song, Grace, um, uh, is it Grace Like Rain? Um, he's got several albums out. One of them is called Better Questions. That's the name of the album. And it is all about the fact that we have questions and we should be able to ask questions in church. But for some reason, it, it's like we're afraid to admit that we don't, you know, that we don't have all the answers, that we don't know it all. Um, so in Landing the Plane, ask questions. It's okay. jump into these conversations with your kids. It's okay. They, they don't understand either. They're just searching like we should search and uh, have conversations. They go, they're awesome to have. uh, If you'll actually have them, if you don't know the answers, go search those answers out. You, you will enjoy doing that um, when you're doing it for the right reasons. God, God will make himself known. Um, Your pastor, you call up your pastor, tomorrow and be like hey hey preacher i got a question will you answer it for me they may die of a heart attack right there you know um they they want that they want people that are asking questions so ask questions um feel free to ask questions if you've got more questions on here shoot some comments shoot us an email we'd love to to touch base with you and you know in other ways um so ask those questions ask those difficult questions yeah, you bet. I don't want to add. I don't want to add too much to that. But I'm, you know, usually just one of us lands the plane. But I'm gonna throw this in there, and I'll be short and sweet. Everything we've talked about tonight, people have been asking questions for a long time. I mean, Jesus walked this earth two thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, and for two thousand years, people have been doing whatever it takes to get this message to where we are today to keep the message alive and to keep it uh, to going because of the care, that, that the love that people had for us to experience who God is and experience salvation. So for 2,000 years, people have given their lives, uh, sometimes just the time and energy, sometimes literally have given their lives through persecution to ensure we have this message today. It's important. God loves you. God wants you to hear it. God wants you to know the truth. And he understands fully that you have some questions. Yep. And um and and truth is we're gonna go we're gonna go see Jesus one day. We're still gonna have some questions. <laughs> They're not gonna be all I'm I'm answered. hoping all of them will get answered eventually. Well then, yeah, when we yep. get there. I still hope that God has like a slideshow I can go back and watch specific parts of my life I ask for. I don't want to see all of it. <laughs> 
because that'd be embarrassing. But maybe just some some moments I can see. I don't know. Just just good old days. Good remember remember things. So hey, we really appreciate y'all joining us on this live show um, tonight. Um, celebrating international international post- podcast, podcast day. Who knew? I didn't I, even know there was one. I didn't either. It was but it's awesome that there is. Yeah. So this 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 episode is going to go out on the normal normal podcast schedule. So uh, encourage you to, to to download it and listen through it again and and see if it uh, brings up any more questions. Um, of course, we would love for you to take this particular post of of the live show when it when it officially gets on there later and share it. And get it in front of as many people as we want because y'all asked some good questions tonight, and a lot of people have those same exact questions. Yep, absolutely. So just don't think you're alone in asking that question, and uh, and help help get some of these answers out there. Uh, we'd love for y'all to do that. Of course, just to wrap up, you can always visit our website landtheplane.today. Uh, follow us. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, really working on our Instagram at land at landtheplane today. Twitter. We'd love for you to follow us on Twitter. We're trying to build that audience up a little bit, and you can find us at landtheplane two four seven. Of course, if you got more questions, you can always send us an email at landtheplane today at gmail.com. and you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. I don't know one you can't. I'm sure there is one. There's probably one out there somewhere. Yeah, but, but all we'll the try. Big ones. We'll jump on it too. All the big ones. If yeah. if you got a podcast app and we're not on it, let us know. Let us know. We'll, we'll try jump to get on, on there. We're even on Spotify. Yep. Yep, and I listen to some pretty big podcasts, and they're upset they're not on Spotify. And we are there. <laughs> well, then I'm not sure exactly how we did that. I don't know either. Awesome. God's in control. God's <laughs> in control. So, and, and we'd love for you to click that subscribe button and keep up with the show. And yeah, just yeah. Just keep telling people about it. That's all we ask. You got anything else, Jonathan? Is it time to say goodnight? <laughs> what is it? Josh Ball just put simple, quick question, real quick. Apple or PC? <laughs> and then he put pre or post trib. <laughs> One of those answers is super easy. There you go. Um, That's all it takes. You know, was the, was the was the tree in the garden? Was it an apple tree? Probably not. <laughs> Oh yeah, the other question. That's a different show, different time. It's totally a different question. <laughs> that's another quick a different answer. show. Regina, we're so so happy to have you on the the live show, but it's about to end. You'll have to go back and watch the whole thing. All right. Do it though; it's <laughs> worth it, right? Absolutely. <laughs> all right, thank y'all so much for tuning in and being a part of this live broadcast. We'll do it again if y'all demand it. We'll do it, but we got to hear from you. So yeah, we do. All right, enjoy it. We'll talk to you later, guys. Good night, y'all.